prepare for multi-ball. Hello, and welcome to Pinball Nerds Podcast, coming all the way from River Hibbets, Nova Scotia, to the holes in the side of your head, introducing your host, Orbit Albert. That's me. Take it away. Welcome back, Pinball Nerds, to episode 312 of your fifth favorite pinball podcast. My name's Over to Lubbard, and on today's show, I'm very stoked to be calling very shortly Mr. Glenn the Skateboarder, the Pinball Nerds podcast uh, superfan himself. In fact, I get the suspicion that he is a superfan of all pinball podcasts. He seems to be a super positive, super fun, super outgoing guy. Uh, Chris the Pintern got to hang out with him recently. He also got top 10 uh, at a big tournament, which we're going to talk about. And he has a brand new style that he uses to play pinball, where he's upside down, backwards. Like, it's, it's hard to explain. I'm going to let him tell you all about it. But before that, I do want to say one thing. I have never, ever, ever on this show ever asked you guys for a Twippy nomination. But I was listening to the Poor Man's Pinball Podcast today with Drew and Ian, and I heard something that I wasn't aware of. Maybe I didn't read the rules, the fine print enough. You know me. Um, only the top 10 pinball podcasts that get enough votes for the write-in ballot, for the pre-ballot, whatever they're doing now. Uh, the one that I did live on the air there. Thanks for all of you who listened to that. And it would be really cool. I know it's a bit of a stretch. But maybe, maybe, maybe I have more dedicated listeners because I'm definitely not in the top 10 awesome, you know, most awesome pinball podcasts out there. At least I don't think that I am. But if you guys could just knock my socks off, make my freaking Christmas, make my whole my whole year because it was a tough year moving across the country. If a couple of you could possibly maybe vote for you, if anyone out there hasn't voted yet, I would just I know I'm not going to win the Twippy. I'm not even in the I'm not even in like the short list of like the top five. But I think maybe, maybe, maybe if enough of my dedicated fans listening to this have not gone in and done uh, their vote. if And of course, if I'm not your favorite pinball podcast, don't do it. Go put in whoever there's your favorite. But for the couple of you that are listening, if I happen to be your favorite, I would really, really, really appreciate the the, uh, the vote. So there you go. There's my uh, there's my little spiel for the day. Um, it would just it would mean the world to me to see myself in the drop down list to me there. So uh, it would make it like the the. The 312 episodes I've done the last year were more than worthwhile. Um, I don't know. I just want to be included. I just want to be like, I don't have to be the cool kid, but can I like hang out with them for a bit, I guess? Um, anyways, really, really excited about that. Very excited about the Pinball Nerds playing cards. We've got another four, four or five of those done today. I am behind on the questions because my wife and I are getting slammed with Christmas shows. We've got two Christmas shows in two different provinces about three hours apart this weekend on two different days and then a pinball tournament on Saturday I'm trying to make it to as well so it's just like uh we've got about 10 things going on at once but you know what I haven't even got back all my questions and I haven't got to making all the cards for the people who have responded yet so if you were on the list and you heard yourself on the list don't worry you're getting a message you're going to get sent all the questions I just I knew I didn't don't have time to respond today or tomorrow it will probably be early next week and I apologize for that but don't worry they're coming and who knows maybe I get ahead of the game tomorrow afternoon and get uh, all the hot Hayden's hot sass and Danielle's best damn jam, uh, all completely produced and ready to go, and all of our tea blended and, and good to go for the show. So, but without further ado, let's give 
Glenn, the skateboarder, a little call on the telephone. He's here. Now, guys, he is so freaking far away from me. He's basically the opposite side of the United States. I think it's Nashville, right? Something like that. He's very far away. If the sound quality is poor, I apologize. I asked both of my kids, both Hayden and Owen, to not go online just for like an hour. I said, well, I'm recording. So if the sound quality is not incredible, I humbly apologize. But without further ado, let's get Glenn on the phone. All right. It says connecting, guys. It says connecting. Oh, I hear a ring. Come on, Glenn, you got this. Hit the answer button. Hello. Hey, Glenn, how's it going, buddy? What's going on, Albert? How you doing? I'm doing well. My son just got home from school. My daughter is doing homework. It's never a, a dull moment in the Wector house. Wector. That's how you say it. That's right. Oh, my gosh. I don't think... I'm German. I know you're Dutch, so I'm not sure. Um, maybe maybe the Dutch would pronounce it differently. I'm not offended either way. Well, my mother's maiden name was Hovenars, and I don't even think I can spell it right. So, uh, you know, it's got two A's together in there somewhere. It's very confusing. But can I call you Glenn the Skateboarder just for fun? That's fine. That's fine. It's, uh, it's fine. I don't skate much anymore, though. Um, I, wish, I wish I did. It's just I'm 38. Um, Maybe 37? I don't know. I was, I was conceived in 81 and born in 82. So um, it just, at this age, you kind of stop pushing. And I've always been hardcore hobbyist. I've always pushed. And when my body started pushing back, I got discouraged and said, yeah, you know, the skateboarding's not not a full-time hobby anymore. But I still longboard. That's a, a lot of fun still. Nice. Um, I don't know if, I don't know, when, when abouts did you start listening to the podcast? Do you remember around about how long ago or what show? The first time I'd ever heard your name was when you were on Jeff Teolis' uh, pinball profile. Oh, okay, awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Shout awesome. out to Jeff Teolis. Yeah, I jumped right over. I've, I've met him once um, and, and I listened to his show and, and I mean, I guess I listened to everybody, we'll be honest. I've got a job that allows me to, <laughs> to listen to pinball podcasts most of the day um, as I'm installing window treatments and custom closets. I don't have to think a whole lot anymore. I've been doing it for long enough. So I'm on my feet. I get to listen to podcasts, and and uh, that's that's my life. That's so awesome, isn't it? It makes a big difference. I've had, like, way too many jobs to list, but it makes a big difference if you can either listen to your own music or listen to an audio book or listen to a podcast while you're working. It makes your day go by, like, ten times quicker. It does. So I used, to, I used to listen to a whole bunch of like fantasy football podcasts, right? And and so that it just just transitioned immediately. So um, went from that to to like TV show podcasts, and now then from there to, to to pinball podcasts. But getting new into the hobby, there, it's a lot of a lot of information, and so like you you I don't know it's kind of like drinking water out of a, a fire hose, like you can. It's a lot coming at you, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you got to try to learn. <laughs> and it, it is forever. Yeah, well, what I was going to say is it is kind of like, not really soap opera-y, but kind of like, you know, in wrestling, how once you know this character's backstory and that character, that's how it is in the pinball podcasting world because everybody kind of knows each other and kind of ribs on each other a little. It's such a small niche community that, you know, like when you're talking about like, um, there's certain podcasts, I'm sure like fantasy football podcasts, there's probably 
I'm assuming there's got to be like hundreds of them. Whereas, you know, with pinball, there's only a couple dozen, right? Yeah, that, there's there's way too many. And, and with, with, with fantasy football, you're dealing with a bunch of other people's opinions of other people. Right. And so, like, you can get overloaded with what type of, you know, once once you've heard 10 people's opinion about one player, you get kind of oversaturated. So I dialed that way back to just like two fantasy football podcasts and I'm in one fantasy football league. That's it. And I'm, I'm actually kind of sick of it. Um, been doing that since my kids were born and they're like 13 now. So I'm kind of I'm kind of over that hobby. So uh, pinballs filled that void for sure. That's so awesome. Um I, I was going to say somewhat similar for me right around when, when uh, my second son was born, Owen, when he was 10, um, I, I was really in the peak of me getting into craft beer um, about, about a decade ago. And, and just, you know, in the last couple of years, pinball's really, really taken over. I still like craft beer. I'll still always prefer craft beer over, you know, a Bud Light or something. Not that I can't have a good Bud Light from time to time. But, you know, it's, it's always nice to, uh, it's, it's always nice to have those other hobbies to fall back in. The reason I asked when you started listening to the show is because on episode one, if you're ever really, really, really bored, (laughs) if, if you go listen to episode one, I admit that the reason I started the podcast was because I broke my arm skateboarding and the doctor literally said to me, okay, you're almost 40. So I'm 39 now, but it was 38 at the time. And the doctor said, okay, let me get this straight. You make no money off of skateboarding. You work for a living with your hands. And why the hell are you skateboarding at almost 40? Um, And I kind of said, yeah, okay. But it's the same thing as you. I thought, well, if I can't, you know, if I have to wear all of my gear and I have to just go do flatland tricks and I can't ever. Now, I do like longboarding from time to time, just the surfing motion of, you know, grinding down the sidewalk or doing whatever. But I'm not allowed in skateboard parks anymore. That's that that has lost its. uh, it's charm for me. Now, snowboarding parks, meh, I might squeeze into there, something like that. But um, speaking of, do you ha- do you snowboard at all, or do you have anywhere around there to snowboard? In Tennessee, no. I, I worked at a ski hill in Wisconsin when I was in high school, so I, I snowboarded a lot back, back then. Um, yeah, it was it was around the turn of, of terrain parks starting to put rails in right. the parks. And so I was starting to get a little bit of that because as a skateboard, I knew how to do board slides. So that was a very natural transition. Um, I, at the time, I wasn't doing any errors on my skateboard, so I could do it on a snowboard. But yeah, skateboarding is a lot harder to, to come up over the coping. Oh but, God, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've, I've done I've done a lot of snowboarding. I've, I've been wakeboarding. I grew up on the lake basically. Every weekend when we were like late teenagers, we'd go out to the lake and we'd go wakeboarding for like five hours and go cook out and like, so I, I was, I have a very active lifestyle growing up and not so That's incredible. I'm getting older, but, but, uh, as, as, as somebody that always wanted to be outside and always wanted to be active, um, that's, that's where my, that's where my roots were. I was always in sports. I was always, always trying to push myself with some kind of physical activity. Yeah. And would you include pinball as being a physical activity? Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, it, it's absolutely. And, and I've always enjoyed video games. I've never been like hardcore into them. Mm-hmm. But like any Zelda game that would come out, I would buy. I would always play Zelda. That was the only thing I played. Like you put me in front of like uh, uh, Call Call of Duty or any of the any of the first person shooter games. I, I, I Fortnite played for like yeah for like maybe five minutes, and I'm like yeah, I'm done. 
Yeah. And, and that's probably how my kids feel about pinball too, because I've taken them places and tried to try to get them involved and they just don't have any interest in it. So I've, I've not yet, not them. yet. How old are they? Uh, 11 and 13. Okay. And is it one boy, one girl? Yeah. Yeah. My daughter, my daughter is the older and we got softball practice coming up here in a little while. So in, it's an indoor training facility. We're in the off season right now. So we're working on, working on a lot of, uh, fundamentals okay and do you here's what i'm getting at do you have any pins at home i don't okay i don't know that i will um i don't know i, I see i see people that buy them mm -hmm. um and they, they have a lot of work to put into them and i don't really have the space or the money for them and there's so much pinball in the nashville area and don't know that it's really worth it it's not needed but I, would, I would really love to have like one of the deeper games that that you need to soak in over time like game of thrones or or star wars or um uh, the pirates of the caribbean um batman 66 there's just several games that are so deep that, that if you have them at home I, yeah you could you could kind of maybe find a little bit of a, of, of a longer period of time of really enjoying it because i know there's some games you just play it one way and, and that would be probably the price range i could afford something um, would be like, you know, a, a 1500 to $2,000 pin. And it's like, that's going to get boring after a while. But, yeah. Um, I mean, the path that I did, this, the only reason I was asking is because the way that my boys got into pinball, when we were out at a family entertainment center with other ticketing devices and such there, they never chose pinball. They always were like, let's go do the laser quest or the virtual reality, or let's go play the Mario Kart game. Right. Yeah. But as soon as I had them at home from time to time, they would be bored and I would challenge them. I'd say, like silly little things to Hayden, like, oh, I'll do your loaded dishes if you can beat me on a game of Meteor. And like Meteor, I got for 1200 bucks. Yeah, you'll get bored out of it three or four months, but maybe you take a hit for 100 bucks. Maybe you make a 100 bucks if you put some uh, new rubbers on it or clean it up a little. But I suck at maintaining pinball machines, and I found a really good guy in London who I could rent from. So I always had a newer pinball machine with the maintenance included on it. And then I always had an older machine that I was selling to someone else I knew in the group. And sometimes I would make like Meteor, I think I made a hundred bucks, uh, Solarite, I lost a hundred bucks, but I always wanted to have that, like those two pinball machines at home. And I didn't have much room either. I had four people living in an 800 square foot, uh, tiny, tiny, tiny house. Right. So <laughs> That's awesome. yeah, it was very, very, I mean, the two kids were splitting a room way longer than they should have. Now I have, you know, six pinball machines and, and five of them are uh, here, four of them are set up ones back in London. But what I'm getting at is I would highly encourage you to, if you do want to try to attempt to get your kids into pinball, and this is for all the pinball nerds out there listening, the listen nerds, if you will. Um, if you have just an older, even like an older EM or something at home, especially younger kids don't care about being a deep rule set. And really you can kind of, you know, play the machine any way you want. Plus if it's a $600 clunker, you don't really care if you lose 50 bucks on it or make 50 bucks yeah. on it like six months later. Um, but it's very, I agree with you as a parent, it's really hard. Even to this day, when I go to Halifax and I bring my boys, I'm like, do you want to come down to the arcade and hang out for a bit? They're like, no, they want to go to the mall. They want to go down to the boardwalk. They want to go to the zoo. They want to go, you know, go watch a hockey and they want to go do something different or active or new because to them, pinball's everywhere. And it's just natural. Right. But, um, I don't know. I think that it's, it's, if you can, you're such a pinball fan, you need to have a machine in your house, but you know. <laughs> You'll get there. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of other things that are, are, are cost effect, effective right now for our family. With with, the, I, and I believe I believe kids should be in sports. I, and I know yeah. kids are 
are in basketball. Go Raiders, whatever. But I think this is the, is it the Raiders. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> but, uh, but but my kids are, you know, we, if we just let them sit around the house, it would be Fortnite all day. It would be right. It would be sitting on a phone, staring at it. It would be yep. watching Netflix. It would be. It would just be a lot of a lot of that. And, and I don't know why it's different, but when I was a kid, you know, we would just get home from school and go outside. You'd have a snack and you'd run out the door and you'd be gone until your mom was yelling at you. Yeah, and when the streetlight came on, you should be home pretty soon because you're going to be in trouble if you know, the streetlight comes on and you're not home within five minutes. So, I mean, but, but they didn't really keep track of us. I mean, we don't live in a terrible neighborhood. We live in a really nice little town just south of Nashville. Mm-hmm. And my kids could go find other kids in the neighborhood to play with. They just don't. And it sounds like, you know, when I say something like that to them, it's like, like I have two heads or something. Yeah. You know, you just go find kids and go do something, you know, but get dirty. But that's just not, that's just not the way most kids are right now. I'm not sure why. So we, we, we supply them with, um, with activities and they're both athletic. And Mm -hmm. and for my daughter, she, she's got two softball practices a week and often one pitching lesson a week. And she, she's 13 years old, but she can throw a 55 mile an hour fast pitch. Oh my God. And like, if you get caught in the shin, like you're limping, like it's no joke. Like she's really worked hard and she's going to carry that dedication to whatever she does as she gets older. Right. And it's going to teach her how to win and how to lose. It's going to teach her how to work with other people. It's going to teach her how to take criticism from a coach. Like these are all things that I, I think that are very important as you grow up. And so you can, you can do that through the workforce or you can maybe get a jump start by doing sports, but there are a lot of crazy parents that make it, they make it a lot harder to enjoy it. Because they don't all have the right thought process in mind when they're, you know, trying to get their kids to to get a college scholarship. And it's like, well, that'd be nice, but that's not the goal. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny you're mentioning this because you sent me the message last night about watching Colorado Pinball. And Snow was on there last night at Adam Lefkoff's house and they were playing Jurassic Park. And the way that Adam was speaking to Escher was so cool. He was He was doing it like nicely, but he was like... Come on, buddy. You can get to wizard mode. You got this, dude. Oh, come on. How'd you miss that shot three times, buddy? You can do it. And it reminded me of like an overzealous here in Canada hockey dog, uh, hockey dog, hockey dad, <laughs> or, you know, down in, in America, maybe a football dad who takes it too far or baseball. I guess that could go both ways. Right. But um, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. So I wanted to ask you, is this the first podcast you've been on or like the first pinball podcast you've been on or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna pick just one to be on, you gotta look for the, the uh, for the pinball nerds, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I am so stoked to have you on the show, buddy. Being on your your buddy going on Twip, I mean, shoot, that's that's easy pickings. If all I gotta do is call Zach, he'll have me on any time. <laughs> I know. Um, I was so happy for David Dennison. It's funny because he always is saying he's always like kind of sort of trolling. And he's saying things on, on like Twitch, which I probably wouldn't say because I'm kind of representing my brand, but like, they're not really horrible. They're not bad enough. You'd get blocked, but they're just on that. You know, if you don't, if you didn't know him, you might think he's a, a bit of a, a jerk, right? A little, a little too saucy, but uh, he's actually a really nice guy in real life. He's like a financial investor dude and he's very clean cut and like, you know, straight and tells it like it is. And that's, you know, it's the kind of guy you want around. Right. So I can't, I can't wait. I get to interview him on the show possibly Saturday at a tournament we're going to meet at. So. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, 
I had another question here for you, and I think I know the answer, but are you coming to Pemberg? I want to. Okay. It's, it's still up in the air. Um, there's a, our family has a couple friends that we're really close to that, mm-hmm. that we go on vacation with every year, and uh, we're trying to see, because we're from Wisconsin, um, we're trying to see a Milwaukee Brewer game every year in a different city, and this year they're playing in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, Fenway Park, that, this might be my last chance, because the Brewers are in the National League, the, the, the Red Sox are in the American League. That means it's going to be a number of years before the Brewers play in Fenway. So mm-hmm. I think we're going to do that. I don't know that there's going to be money left over in vacation. Left right. Over. right. Uh, just, I mean, every year, every year, Pinburg has come and gone. And I'm just like, I'm like a little child. I'm just kind of mopey. And I guess I can be out there. How far of a drive is it for you? Like, do you have to fly? I'd have to, well, I don't have to fly, but I think it would be a 12 hour drive at least. Maybe nah, that's not exciting. I mean, I, I drove back last time, but I don't think I'd do that again. It was like 18 hours. Right. So. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's really tough. I mean, if you had, a, and I would do it with a group of friends. In fact, I've got three friends already that we've said that, if, you know, if, when, when the tickets are going to go on sale, we're going to go in together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I could always, I could always tell them guys, I'm sorry, I just can't, but, but, uh, but I have, we have a plan in place to drive uh, as a group. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, it, it, it's more, it's more the vacation time. Yeah, and, and 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 the money spent out there. I want to go there and have fun. I don't want to be like, well, guys, I got to go to bed because I don't have money for beers. You know, like I just, yeah. I go, now the good go news is, the the good news is almost everybody tailgates there. And I don't know if you've ever bought beer in America, but it's cheap up here in Canada. We got to pay like forty bucks a two four down there. I think uh, uh, Mike Dimas is. We are tailgating the back of his. Like honestly, you just like security walk by and say hi to you. Like I didn't, it's, it's, this is not legal anywhere in Canada as far as I know, but you sit in the back of a vehicle and you drink beer legally and you're like, you're, you don't even have to leave replay effects. Right. Okay. okay well, that, that might be doable then. Um, and I don't, I don't drink much when I play. It would just be, it would be the parties and going, going out after the tournament was done. That would just, that would be a bummer. Like if like dinners too, like if, if everybody's like, Hey, we're going out to dinner and you know, that's going to be 30 or 40 bucks. And you do that five or six times. I, I didn't go out for a single dinner at Pinburg. I did it on the cheap. Um, but like I went out, to, my most expensive dinner was five guys and it was like eight bucks for a burger. You know what I mean? Uh, well, maybe it, I should look into a little bit more then. Well, there's like, there's like the toonie slices, which are fine. But yeah, if you're going out for like the really good, like if you, all, I think all the pinball, other the other pinball podcasters, uh, who you probably know all of them. Yeah. They were going out for like a nice, like a, a really cool taco joint. Then you're talking 34, 40 bucks. Right. Um, but you can't, there is ways to do it on the cheap. If you get your Airbnb really early, my buddy Joe, uh, got an Airbnb for like 45 a night, I think. Um, and it was really nice. He had his own room in the basement and parking and everything else. And like 10 minute walk. Um, anyways, there, what I'm getting at is for everyone out there listening, if you're considering going, try to get yourself a ticket because you can do it on the cheap. Um, and I mean, I had just sold my house. I could have gone out and gone out to nice meals every day or whatever. I just, I'm just half Dutch and I'm super cheap and I don't want to run out of money when we're living out here and it's harder to get jobs. Right. So, but I would love to see you there. And if you come, I'm taking you out for a beer, buddy and screw it. I'm taking you out for a five guys burger. (laughs) If if I'm there, it'll be hard, but I'll probably return the favor the next night. (laughs) I honestly, like, like literally I got to the, the, the 10 penny after party. I had had maybe five or six beers while I was playing day one. 
you know, to qualify for a, and, and I'd had five or six beers that, and I'd had them all basically like on Mike and Joe, who I think split the two for, for like 10 bucks each they threw in for it. Right. And I had bought maybe two bet beers at the actual convention center. And then I got there and Jack dangers handing out freaking shots to everybody. And like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think I did buy a beer or two at the end of the night, but you know, you can go and do it for like, you can do it for a fair price. And the reason that I would like to try to get you and Chris, the pin turn and a whole bunch of other super fans uh, to Pittsburgh is just so I can see you guys. So I can meet up with you because it's much harder for me to get to Tennessee than Pittsburgh. And it's harder for you to get to Nova Scotia than, you know, and the same thing with Chris and, and all these other people we get to meet, but we will meet. And are you going to TPF? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I, I'll, I'll look at it as it gets closer. I mean, it, it, our, our kids' sports schedules are, are not announced. Are yet. crazy. Um, TPF is in March. Yeah. Yeah. And so we'll just we'll just have to see as it gets closer if it's if it's doable. Uh, I would say MGC is probably the most likely because my parents they live up near Milwaukee, so I could go up there, um, stay at their house, and drive 30, 45 minutes to to the convention. And then and then that would be that would be probably the most likely big show that I would go to after Pittsburgh. Okay. Well, I'm going to try to make it to both of those, of course. Uh, you know, uh, we'll see. Again, finances would be my big uh, my thing, and then of course, if I'm at the time, if especially if my wife's working full time, then it's very hard to leave. You know, sixteen chickens and a, a, a Luna oh, Alwyn, yeah. our dog, and and the is, boys. Is it fifteen chickens now? Well, there was there. It is fifteen chickens. One of them died, and I cried. And uh, thank you for listening. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. <laughs> We awkward laughter. Not that's not like gut laughter. You're evil. Um, we think that the chicken couldn't get rid of an egg because we went down to two eggs, or we went down to three eggs from getting four eggs a day. We went down to three for like three days straight, and like sometimes they just can't get an egg out, and it just they it like it kills them, I guess. So, but huh. meh, I got two dozen eggs out there. I did lose a chicken yesterday, but I found it last night between the uh, the recycling bin in the house, so that was good. Um, it's interesting. I haven't, I haven't lived out in the country since like grade six and I haven't like lived, uh, on a farm or a homestead ever. So it's, it's interesting. Um, it's unique. It's different. Now, uh, I can only record in half an hour chunks. Do you have a little bit more time? Cause there's a few more things I want to talk to you about. Yeah, actually I can go for another 30 minutes probably. Okay, cool. Cause I, you know, there's a couple of things here we haven't got to chat about yet. Um, what I'm going to do is stay, you stay on Facebook. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to wait until this half an hour chunk processes. It'll probably be like, I don't know, two minutes, depending on my internet speed. Okay. And then I will call you right back on Facebook and we're going to keep doing this. We're going to talk about negativity and pinball probably next, if that's cool with you and, yeah. and how, what we can do to extinguish these fires of negativity. Let's make pinball great again. Yes, sir. All right. I'll talk to you in a second, Glenn. Right. Cheers. Welcome back, pinball nerds, to episode 200, no, sorry, wait, 312B, the second part, part two, or wait, should this be 313, its own thing? I don't know. We'll figure it out at the end, Glenn. We're going to do it. We're back on the air here. I had a little slice of lasagna. I was feeling peakish. I'm feeling better now, but I maybe added too much spice because my mouth is on fire. So uh, speaking of things on fire, let's hear some hot takes or not about negativity and pinball. What do you got for me? Well, all right, so we're currently going through, and, and like this has all kind of exploded here, like even on, on, on Facebook in the last 30 minutes. Okay. Um, uh, we lost our state rep because he's quitting. 
Um, he's had a lot of personal things going in his life, but he's also had a lot of complaints about how he should manage the state of Tennessee. And, and I just don't know if it's worth his time. He's maybe just because of all the negativity and nobody, you know, everybody's kind of complaining. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, this is, this should be fun. Like, why are we, why are we getting all worked up over this? And a lot of it is based on, you know, what city should host the state finals. Um, Nashville hosted it last year and Knoxville um, is starting to get a scene. That's where Chris, the Pintern lives. Right. Um, they don't have any players that have acquired enough points yet to qualify for states, but um, they will next year. Now that they're maximizing their TGP and their tournaments, they're going to, they're going to drop a lot of their, uh, their leagues, which are great for introducing new players. Cause they're kind of, they're kind of like over a long period of time. And, you know, you only get one, uh, one, you only get one set of, or of Walker points for a league that might carry on for 10 weeks. And so right. they're, they're going to kind of try to, they're going to try to streamline to being more competitive in the States uh, next year. So they're, they're having all these weekly leagues now or weekly tournaments and uh, selfie leagues. And they're doing things like that we've done here in Nashville to, to increase the amount of players that are in the top, what are now 24 in the state of Tennessee, because we've just become a super state. Mm-hmm. And so, but Knoxville, Memphis and Nashville are three, three and a half hours apart each. And so Nashville's right in the middle. So if you're going to host a pinball tournament in Memphis, the Knoxville people have a seven hour drive. Just That's to get insane. To the championship. And so, but this year, because Nashville hosted it last year and Knoxville doesn't have anybody in their tournament this year, then why don't we just have it in Memphis? Like we said, because right. this will be probably the last year that Memphis can even host it. But people are just, they're, they're actually name calling and using swear words. And it's like, there's going to be a fight if these people run into each other because of the things they've said online to each other now. And it's just, Let's have fun. This, I mean, you're, come on, people. Losing <laughs> pinball is not fun, but you gotta you gotta grow up a little bit, I would think, right? I mean, anyhow. So, so I have other thoughts about about um, negativity in pinball. Okay. Number one is it's pinball. Have fun. Right. So let's get together. We all love it. Let's play and have fun. Let's share information. Let's let's talk strategy. Let's let's share our techniques. And let's all get better together. That's what I love. That's what yes. I love about casual play. When we when we do casual play. Um, for like our selfie leagues, me and a few of my friends, we all bring different approaches to Star Wars and we all share them. And it's so much fun. That's way more fun than playing in a tournament where there's all the stress. Um, but then outside of that, um, the negativity just in the hobby in general and forums, mm-hmm. um, I have a theory okay. I think that it's like, <laughs> it's like a marriage, like a honeymoon period. Like right. you, you start playing pinball and you've got all of these machines that mm-hmm. you've maybe only seen when you were younger or you're just being reintroduced to, but you've got maybe a three or four year period where everything is just coming at you with all this. Oh, this is cool. This is cool. This is cool. But eventually it becomes, I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen that. What's new. Right. And unfortunately it's maybe a drug analogy would help. Like that first high is always the best one. Right. And after that, you can't quite achieve it. And so you're always looking for that first experience, but you can't have that first experience in well because you only you can only have it once. And so, yeah, so you played you played Medieval Madness, and that game was amazing. And it's hard to reproduce a game that, that's that good, mm-hmm. especially when you've seen every other game that's ever been made. Right. You then become a critic. And a critic is going to be pointing out the flaws more than what it does well. And I don't understand why people can't just choose not to buy something if they don't like it. Everybody's got to have such a negative opinion about things. And... And I would just, I would just like people to like, let things exist. 
there's only 500 Star Wars toppers. If you don't like it, don't don't buy it. It's just I, I just don't see that the reason to have that energy in the world. It, it doesn't doesn't help or hurt any. It doesn't help anything to have that energy in the world. Yeah, and I mean a big example of this would, would for me would be a, a certain podcaster came into the Stern uh, Pro Circuit Championships last year and without saying one thing nice about one player, about one game or anything else, right away off the hop, hey, everybody, why is the lighting so dark? Uh, I thought this was Jack Danger. I thought he's the best at uh, doing lighting and blah, blah, blah. And it was just negative after negative after negative. If you are someone who's on Jack Danger's stream all the time, like myself, and I and it looked a little darker and I thought Jack could fix it, which I knew he couldn't fix it because he wasn't allowed to use lights because it's for a tournament. But if someone had said constructively, hey, you know what, Jack's streams normally look a little better than this. Why Why isn't it brighter? So it's all context. It's how you state it. It's how you say yeah. it. If, if it's meant as constructive criticism to the company and you really want it to be better, and that was the whole thing. Like That's why I was even disappointed with myself. I was really stressed out, and I was in the airport, and I did, of course, my Willy Wonka thing, talking about how my ears were bleeding because it sounded like a slot machine. Well, what had happened is I was just really grumpy. I was in a bad mood. I was flying that day. Security hassled the hell out of me. Um, and frankly, I I do have a beef with slot machines. And I think way too many people waste basically their entire inheritance and their children's inheritance. And I just don't, I don't love gambling. I mean, I do like gambling, but I don't like slot machines because I feel like it's unskilled gambling. And uh, anyways, I just particularly, I, I had to work at TD Canada Trust at the main call center in London. It was right be beside the slots and the things that I saw on a daily basis going in and out of work, how many times my car was robbed, uh, you know, just the stuff that I had to see living a couple blocks from this degenerate place and the hundreds of millions of dollars that used to go into small businesses that now just got wasted into slot machines. I have a moral, you know, thing against slot machines. And then when I heard that, I just had a, a, a disgusting emotional response going, Shoot, I wanted to buy this machine. I watched my Willy Wonka VHS so many times that I had to, you know, splice the tapes and, and retape them back together. So I love Willy Wonka. Now you've ruined it because I, I, you took sounds that were so amazing and incredible and made them this. And uh, anyways, I should have and could have, and I wish I had have said it in a more positive form and said, you know what? I get why you guys want to have these sounds like that, but it'd be really cool if there was some more actual call-outs or, you know, I should have said it in a constructive manner as opposed to being negative about it. And I think on Pin's side, just as in life, it's much easier to be negative than it is to be positive and attempt to look for the, the bright side of things. Yeah, and I haven't even, I, have, I don't even go on Pin's side. Mm -hmm. Number one, I don't, I don't have the time. I, yeah. I, 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 I can't even imagine trying to read through all of the threads of, of of what's on there. Now, if I owned machines, I think it's amazing that they have like sections on how to repair certain things. Yes, that's 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 an unbelievable resource for for uh, owners and operators to to use. But I'm not going to go on there and read what people think about like you know the new Rick and Morty game that's coming out. Like that's awesome. That's going to be so much fun. But I can guarantee you somebody's already complaining that it was a bad license or, and I haven't even looked, I bet you there's people that are going to complain about it. Well, and, and that's, I just, you can have a critical opinion from time to time, but right. you shouldn't just always be looking for the negative, which is why I didn't even care when you said you didn't like Wonka. Like I, I understood what you were saying and, and that was your opinion. And I didn't think that you were being a negative Nancy. Hey, thank you. <laughs> because because you always go for the positive first. I mean, that is I try. what I love about your show the most. 
you are the most unapologetic head over heels in love pinball podcaster that's i'm sorry blogger that's out that's there. right <laughs> that uh and that's that's why i gravitate toward your podcast um as well as the poor man um it's just fun like there's drew and ian there's, there's, there's a, yeah drew and ian are great I, Shout I, out. I mess with them on facebook uh weekly so um it's a good it's a good group of guys i can't wait to meet them also but but yeah that's that's just my whole thing about about negativity and I think once you've been in the hobby for a little while you start to get a little overcritical and and you know jaded yeah very spoiled you know and and it's 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 almost true with everybody how quickly you can get acclimatized to something you know I know times in my life when I didn't have a car when I was younger or I didn't well the car is a really good example because the second that you have a car and you can just drive wherever you want anytime you want you have this, you know, like, oh, you know, it's amazing. And then your car breaks down. You're like, wow, I have to take a bus or walk or bug someone for a ride, God forbid. And it just completely sends your life. But then like two days after having a car again, you're like, yeah, I'm just used to driving everywhere. And you're not as thankful for it as you should be. And I think you're right because Medieval Madness is an incredible machine. And for like the first year, whenever I went to any tournament with Medieval Madness, I was like, Ah, and now I see medieval madness and I go, man, I know the entire rule set. I know how to hit every shot. I've played it everywhere. I've got it. What I think is my highest score on it. I don't care. I can't see the magic. So let me ask you this. Do you think I'm now, am I coming out of my honeymoon phase with pinball? You might be, but you can, you, you have to, re- all right, here's, here's my advice. It's all about the people. Yes. If, if pinball, if pinball is all about the game and going there and putting your headphones on and, and just blocking everybody out around you, that's you're not going to get any sense of community out of it. And right. so even if even if you're coming out of the honeymoon phase, like you know, set your priorities toward hey, you know, this guy's a, or girl's a friend of mine that I've been able to now learn about. Like that's the positivity coming out of you know the hobby at that point. So, you know, listen listen to like. Uh, uh, the slam tilt guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been playing competitive for years, and they still enjoy it. And they they have their camaraderie with their friends. But you know, they have games that they think is garbage, and but that's probably because they play them too much. And but that's going to happen. Like, there's only so many machines, right? Uh, and I people have said that to me before, especially the first hundred episodes. You're like, oh my god, the Beatles, my favorite machine. Oh my god, you know, my favorite machine. And yeah. From day to day, I might switch favorite machines. Uh, within within the period of a day, last Sunday, uh, for like an hour, I I don't know if I hit my head and I got a concussion, but I thought I liked Black Knight better than Jurassic Park. But it was just because I had played a lot of Jurassic Park and I barely put my hands on a Black Knight. It was just fun and new and interesting and different. And I loved Tim Sexton and Steve Ritchie. And you know, I you know, I like to imagine that the topper was there. We don't get toppers until uh, two years later here in Canada, but um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> something I really wanted to ask you about was this tournament. You just recently got top 10, and I saw that you beat freaking Fred Richardson, who got like one behind you, and I know he's a top 100 player. Plus, uh, tell us all, tell us all, where was this tournament? How many players were in it, and how did you get the finals? Okay, so, well, it was a 100-player tournament. Um, mm-hmm. It was the largest tournament that I've ever been part of. Um, and it was on like the 14th floor of the Millennium Maxwell House Hotel, which had like beautiful windows all the way around it. You could see outside, you could see the city of Nashville, you could see the north, you could see country. It was beautiful. Wow. Um, and, and most of the time I see on these streams, these are like in like convention rooms that have no windows. 
So it was it was a very cool atmosphere. Um, they had lots of space for people to be, and it was match play. So we got uh, four hours of match play, which was Swiss pairing. So basically, all the people that are doing well are playing at the top against each other, and the people at the bottom are all complaining about how poorly they're playing together. Right. Okay, so everybody, everybody else, like in the middle, you can still kind of work your way up or down. Um, and so after four hours of match play, um, I think it was seven, five, three, one was the scoring. Um, you, the top, I think it was the top six, no, the top 16 or 24, top 24 made finals. Okay. But there was, there was a huge like log jam. Because when you have all those people playing, it, it's just really tight. Because um, the best players don't get to run away too far, and the worst players can kind of so it kind of squishes everything in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and a really good friend of mine, Chris, who's about as good as I am. Wait, is oh, this yeah, Chris a pinter? Yeah, no, 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 another Chris. Oh, okay, yeah, another Chris. I'm gonna, I'm going to move the car real quick for my son so he can shoot some hoops. But I'll keep talking. Um, so my buddy Chris, Chris Wright. He uh, he's real close to me in the state rankings. He's he's very much a very similar player as myself, and he was doing better than I was. And it pushed him all the way up to the top. And he had to play a couple rounds against Trent Augustine and, and Fred Richardson and a couple wow. other players. And and he actually got knocked out of playoffs because of that, even though he was playing better. Because right. his last two rounds of his day, he took thirds and a third and fourth. It knocked him out. So for me, I was like. In the, in the top 20, and I, I was able to get a first place on Seawitch. Mm-hmm. Um, Listen, Glenn, Glenn, good, don't get an accident. Are you, are you watching where you're driving here? Oh, yeah, I'm just back up. I've got kids in the driver, but they... Uh, don't run over any kids, please. I used to be a driving instructor. I, I need to say that the Pitball Nerds podcast is not responsible for the running over of any children, squirrels, or small animals. Hey, but it would be worth it because he he asked to go outside and play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, my gosh! Hey, that's always good so, when you get get kids active. It's a good thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. So to finish the story is that Chris got knocked out, mm-hmm. where I got to keep playing, and it, it was just because he peaked a little too early and had to play against some of the best players in the event. That's um, a story so of my life. A little a little heads up uh, for that scenario. So I, I I was able to make the playoffs. Um, and then I was the top seed in, in the first round of the playoffs because the, I think the top eight got a bye. Mm-hmm. So then in my group, my group, I was able to, to, to control the bus or drive the bus. So I was able to pick Beep. all three of the games. So I picked, I think, Congo and then Funhouse and something else. It was, it was a great tournament. Um, I got past that round. And here's the other funny thing I learned. Um, I was going against Jason Wilson, who's uh, the state number one player in Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Compton, who's like a top 200 player. Yeah, I've heard of him. Um, and then a local guy um, and myself. And uh, it, I was tied for second going into the third game. And Jason had such a lead, he didn't even have to play. And the guy that was in last was so far behind, he just said, I don't need to play. So he left. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was basically, it was me and Jason versus Chris. And Chris, he's really, really good. Um, right. And and I'm watching Jason play, and we're playing on Elvira and the Party Monsters. And I kind of glanced, and I said, all right, so he's got one ball locked. And Chris looks at me and goes, can you steal locks in this game? And in that situation, I'm thinking, I'm going to impress this guy with my rule knowledge. I said, oh, yeah, 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 you can. And then about three seconds later, I went, shoot. He was testing me to see how much I knew so he would know how to play it against me. 
which drove me nuts. Drove me nuts. And and so then I called him on it and he denied it. It was really funny. He's like, Oh, seriously, I don't know how to play. (laughs) Sure. So um ended up ended up he beat me, I think, six million to five and a half million. We both got multi balls. It was very close. It was a good game. But uh yeah, it, it getting in the head of your opponent is definitely a thing. Um and I'm, it, it'll it'll hit you, it'll blindside you like it did me. I had no clue that he was, uh, what, what would you call that, fishing for information? Yeah. Um, that actually happened to me, and I know it's happened a couple times. And usually I don't care. I'm such an open book that I just tell the truth about everything, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, but I had that where I was at, this Dylan guy, Dylan's Arcade in Fredericton, and we were about to go to finals. Well, we, we were in finals. Actually, we were pretty far through finals. Him and I were playing for third or fourth. And he said to me, well, dude, it's your first time playing here. I mean, I know all the machines really well. I own them all. I fix them all. I, you know, you, you know, which I'm not necessarily going to choose which one you say, but you like, which machine would you like to play on if it was up to you? And so right away, I just thought, oh, this guy's being such a nice guy. And I said, uh, anything but so-and-so because and I forget the, the machine. I think it might've been firepower. I said anything but firepower because I've already played, uh, I've played every, all the machines here, and I like them all. The only machine I haven't got to play today is Firepower, and I don't think I've played it since, like, Pinburg or some other tournament. And he goes, okay, well, we're going to play Firepower. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you schmidiot, Elworby. What the frick are you doing? So, you know, and, and, of course, we went there, and he smoked me on the first two balls, but I had a good third ball and beat him on his own game, getting third place, putting me – Get this, I got third place in one tournament, and that, that puts me in 15th place out of the uh, province, uh, as opposed to state, obviously, of New Brunswick. So nice. I might I might go, but now I have to travel for about six hours round trip of driving this weekend to be able to go play the other tournament to make sure one of the guys behind me doesn't pass me. Because I'm sure there's a couple of them have been like, dude, I played like seven tournaments, and... I really want to go to provincials and you just played one. You know what I mean? So it happens. It happens. Yeah. That's, that's an awesome story. And I think, I think people do that. And I, I don't know if like, if, if when that happens to me, if I'm upset or if I just kind of tip the cap, because I mean, I think it's smart. I think all is fair. Like it's, it's anything you can do. It's kind of weird because it's one of these sports where anything you can do to like distract the guy is like good. But it's also douchey. So, like, not once at Pimberg did I ever go, oh, man, like, uh, you spilled your beer or something right as the guy was about to play. I would never talk while he's playing. But you know what I mean? I never did that. I would just was just so happy to be there and so happy to see all those machines. I'd never seen 700 machines in one room together. You know, um, I just was so ex- excited and stoked to be there that I, I didn't really care about all this. Now... Correct me if I'm wrong. Is it true that you are pinball's biggest, like pinball podcasting, especially? Are you the biggest super fan? I might. I don't know. I'm sure <laughs> other people that listen to more. But if you looked at my, if you looked at my iTunes uh, podcast um, catcher, it would have, I think, probably thirty or thirty-five different pinball podcasts on there that I listen to regularly. Oh my god! Um, it, it's just it, maybe maybe I'm gonna burn out. I don't know. I would love to have like a career at a pinball manufacturer. I don't know. I, I feel like I could weather that storm. That would be incredible. I just don't have any talents. In- Shh, <laughs> don't tell anyone. Well, hey, all you need <laughs> is passion. You can you can fake it from there, right? Um, 
But yeah, no, I, I listen to. I, oh, should we do a pop pop up top five? Yes, I want to see a pop up top five. I you, you right, told so, me you got one ready, so let's hear it. So top five pinball podcast says Glenn the skateboarder. Number six is Mrs. Pin. Um, don't tell me how to do my top five list. Um, I'm gonna go with six. No, Mrs. Pin, Pin doesn't count. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and she. She is one of my favorites because as I was getting into the hobby, I was thinking about maybe doing a podcast mm -hmm. from the perspective of a new player. And right. Then there she was doing it and doing it way better than I could. So I just let her go. Plus, I don't follow through with stuff. So she's awesome. She has. <laughs> so number five. And Dr. Pitt. Raymond, Raymond Davidson's Do or Die podcast. Oh, my I gosh. Every episode twice. Me too. Because I've learned more. Some of the games that I didn't know, I now know. And some of the games that I did know, now I know better. And so that is like, you can listen to that over and over and over and continue learning. Um, number four, I've got Special One Lit. There we go. Ken and Bill showed out. Ken, Ken and Bill are like, they're like critical, but because they're not being mean, they do it the right way. I Criti critical but kind. Positive things. Yeah. Positive things to say when they say something negative. They're not douchey about it. So I love Ken and Bill. Number three, we've got Zach Attack Many uh, with Twip. This Week in Pinball! So he is my Podcast. number one go-to for keeping up with the news. Yeah, news and what's going on. And that's thanks to Jeff Patterson, of course, at This Week in Pinball as well. Yep. All right. So number two, I've got uh, Poor Man's Pinball Podcast. Oh, I love those guys. Number two. Because because they're doing it different. They don't. Nobody else has a show like theirs. It might be a slop cast at time, but it <laughs> is always fun. Um, and number one, I have to go with head to head. Um, head to head, their interviews from last year alone should have won in the Twippy. Whoa, 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 um, whoa, whoa! I don't want to. I don't want to have to edit this out. I thought number one was mine. No, you're you're my no, you got one hundred percent of my favorite pinball blogcast. <laughs> There's nobody else that got any number one blogcast. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I'm sorry, Orby. I, I any any time you have an episode, it gets downloaded. Oh my um, god, thank you, buddy. But I love head to head. Also, all the tournament talk play, right? Like that's you want to hear tournament talk. You go to head to head. Yeah, and I like I like that. Uh, is it Joe? Joe Lemire, yeah. The new, he's uh, I love I love that he does his uh, top or uh, strategy for the. For yeah, the, yeah, yeah. They lay like, they pick a random number. Like Martin picks a random number between one hundred, and then they do. Yeah, Joe the does the. Right. Yeah, and it's interesting to hear because to me, like, like well, actually, I looked at your IFPA ranking. You're like fourteen hundredth now, and your rating is even higher, and your efficiency is incredible as well. Both of those are well within the top 1,000, and those are actually closer to what your rating is. But for, I would say, maybe possibly, like, I think you're better than me, and I also think Martin from Head to Head's better than me, but I think the three of us are, like, within, like, the, the you know, we'll probably all be able to, you know, be in around maybe 500th to 1,000th if we were playing a lot of tournaments. But Joe's in a whole different class. Like, he's in those, like, when he talks about a game, my brain just explodes. I'm like, dude. You're so awesome, Slash. I don't know what you're talking about. I can follow what he's saying, but I can never think at that level while playing. No. That's that's the difference. No, like, exactly. I understand, like, like what, was the, what was the last game that they just that they just jumped on? Star Trek. I know Star Trek very well. Yeah. I Star Trek. Um, they, they were like, 
they knew like when the diverter was going to kick into the pop bumpers in the lanes in what modes oh my god team i'm like how do you (laughs) (laughs) i don't have enough room left in my brain for that knowledge I know. I know. Like, don't don't pick this mode. Does he not have kids or something? Like, where do you get that extra space? <laughs> I don't know. So here's 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 another uh, a tip that I've got for anybody that wants to know how I prepare for tournaments because that's where I think I shine. Yes, my, I wanted to hear about this. My, my my anxiety in tournaments is is stupid. Like, I know it's just a tournament, but like, I get I get real nervous. And, you take so it for serious. Oh yeah, I do. But <laughs> but I'm I'm having a lot more fun lately with it. So maybe I mean. It's it's really hard to tell. Like my last five tournaments have all been very very good showings. Like even mm-hmm. the other night, I took second, um, and uh, in the finals, I was only behind by one point to take first. So we wow. almost pushed a playoff. But anyways, like I prep every tournament. I know what games are there. I have yep. spreadsheets. <laughs> I make I make a spreadsheet that tells you know me who else does that. In the, what's that? Do you know who else does that? Who did the Colin McAlpine right? Uh, I don't, I'm sure he does if you're telling me he does, but the, the, uh, another super fan of the show, Brad Hopkins, everywhere Brad went to every tournament in Toronto and every time we went out there, he had sheets and sheets uh, on the different rule sets for all the machines, especially the ones he hadn't played before. And sometimes he would pull them out of the tournament, put them on the machine beside where we're all playing. And I didn't look at them strange or different, but some of the people in Toronto were like, huh? Like, you know, like, we do this for fun. You don't write notes on it. Now, I write notes on it sometimes, but I don't pull them out in front of people. That's the difference. You you and you and Brad don't care. You go, I let's make the notes, and I'm going to read them right in front of you. Yeah, for the for the Nashville tournaments, I think that there was, like, maybe 25, 30 games, maybe 40 games there. Mm-hmm. And so what I did for each game, because we had plenty of time to practice, is I'd walk up to the game, I'd find out where the skill shot was, and I'd, I'd write it on my paper. Wow. And then I would give the machine a little shake. I'd be like, all right, this machine tilted at about a, a 7 out of 10, where 10 is like a sneeze tilt and one you can slam into the machine next to you. So like, I knew each machine's tilt. I knew each machine's um, uh, skill shot. And then I also knew like the most important shots, like on Tales from the Crypt, you have to hit that mode start shot. Right. It is a 50% flipper shot from the right flipper from a cradle. It's going to be different if the ball is going faster. It's a little earlier because that ball is going to travel further down the flipper by the time the, the, the ball is launched. So from a cradle, 50% will hit that scoop. And that's just kind of how I do every game. Like if there's a shot that's important, like Seawitch, like you want to get those top right those top right drops, this machine might be a three-quarters shot from the left flipper to get up there. Right. Um, and if you if you if you're early, you're hitting that three bank, and you're you're risking draining. And the ball's so. the ball's gone though. Now, Glenn, I only have two and a half minutes here left. Sure. I'm gonna rapid fire some questions for you. Number one, tell me if you are stoked about getting a Pimble Nerds podcast card. I am. I am. Thank you. No, this is the coolest thing ever. I've bragged to my kids. They don't think it's cool. I think it's amazing. Thank you. This is so cool. Awesome. Next question. Number two, will you, when you get your Pinball Nerds uh, podcast trading card in a couple weeks, would you maybe consider coming back on the show or in the new year when you get a chance? Anytime I can have time, I will do it. Yes. Oh, my God. Because I'd love to have you as a regular feature on here. I think you did incredible. And, uh, you know, I've got Sean Russell, Brad Hopkins, Ian Harework, um, even Nick Green, and especially if he's going to do some pin turning, that you know, I'd like to have a regular rotation. I'd like to have one or two guests a week. Sometimes I go a week with that one, but I'd love to have you again. You did incredible. You did awesome. Uh, 
my very last question for you is, uh, do you remember how to do my sign-off? Everybody in pinball world, I want you to eat, sleep, and breathe. Poor man's pinball podcast. Oh, shout out. Okay, listen, buddy. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. Uh, when I go to process this, it might cut out. So if I'm not there, I apologize. But I've gone way over the the time I said you would be. But I had a fantastic time with you. You were every every bit as awesome to talk to as I thought you would be. So thank you so much for doing that. And I will have this podcast up in about ten minutes for for y'all to listen to. Yeah, and I know that I know that it's. Uh, the- I know that this is the Pinball Nerds podcast. I was just trying to, <laughs> trying to ruffle some feathers. Ah, it's all good. My 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 feathers don't ruffle easily. But because you're a skateboarder, I'm going to go out with a little bit of no effects sticking in your eye. Until next time, Pinball Nerds, eat, sleep, and breathe. Glenn the Skateboarder Pinball.